Um, it was the luckiest moment of my life because the day before, like this, this time is scheduled out like months in advance, you know? So like on Tuesday, whatever, seven o'clock you're dropping, you know, and you have like a 10 minute wind window, maybe 15. And the day before at that time, howling wind, the day after ripping winds. So that day at seven o'clock, dead calm, like 7 a.m. 7 p.m. Oh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at Mammoth at Canyon Lodge. Like, think, like it's always windy there. Yeah. Like, I got so damn lucky. And I mean, probably would have done it anyway, you know? Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, that was like, I don't know, someone was looking out for me for sure. I actually broke an unintentionally broke a record for longest dirt to dirt straight air, like 119 feet and something. So, like, and that was just completely by accident. So, it was, uh, and that was just testing it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it was kind of a trip, man. Unleashed with the Dingo and Danny, fueled by Monster Energy. What are you going to do with your hands? Just the whole interview? Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> he's, fucking, he's going for it. Uh, I think he has a question. We're at 10 minutes. Man, if there's, if, there's anyone, if there's anyone that could do an entire interview with the uh, horns in the air, it's probably Cam Zink. <laughs> Let's do it. For those, Let's do it. Let's for do it those of you who don't know... Cam Zink is a mountain biker, Monster Energy mountain biker. And uh, man, I uh, I watched, I actually watched you when you broke that Guinness World Record. Was were it you, in Mammoth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you make it? Were you, do you live in Mammoth? Did you used to? I, I did live in Mammoth for a long time and now I live on Mono Lake. Oh, sick. Yeah, I'm like a hermit out there. Well, dude, he's from Reno. I mean, you're- Yeah, I, Reno. You, you're from Reno? From Carson. From but Carson. Yeah, everyone moves to Reno when they turn 18, yeah. Right, so like that used to be our local airport. Yeah, yeah. We were we were kind of like this story actually, Danny is going to be kind of like our childhood. We're going to like take some steps back because he had a very similar uh, upbringing, like uh, yourself and myself. Do you uh, do you remember a little show called MTV Made? Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I used to hang out with the girl that was the snowboarder chick. The Dingo taught how to snowboard. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. How funny is that? Carson High School. You're going to make him super jealous right now. <laughs> No, 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 no. Amanda Bonds is her name. She's Dude, cool. Yeah, pretty funny, huh? It's uh, yeah, small world. Even small world. Did you meet her before she was on the major? Yeah, yeah, high, oh, you yeah, knew, yeah in high school and everything. Yeah. Did you go to her school or her dad's school? Or her dad was the basketball coach at that school? Her dad was, I don't know which school he was basketball coach at. but Maybe it was an opposite school. But apparently her mom was a playmate and she would never say which issue or what. Well, yeah, because everyone was trying to look it up. But everyone's like, all right, Coach Barnes. Yeah, had a bag to play me. But wow. then she was separated because when I did the episode, the mom yeah. had remarried a plastic surgeon. Yeah, and yeah. was living on top of the hill. Oh, Typical. that's a way to save money. <laughs> <laughs> As you get older, right? You marry the plastic surgeon. I'm still trying to find my plastic surgeon. I got a good plastic surgeon joke. Okay, let's start it. Damn All right, it. so this girl, woman, goes to see a plastic surgeon, and you know he's like going through the whole things, and she's saying she needs like to upgrade, and he says. Well, you have the, the breasts of uh, a 22-year-old and the face of, uh, you know, maybe a 25-year-old. And then the husband asks, well, what did he say about the ass? And he said, he said what do you, she says, well, what did he say about the 60-year-old ass? She said, nothing. We didn't talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? I don't want to get it. Okay. <laughs> we should have checked with HR before we did the Yeah, probably. Joke. <laughs>
You've been on fire well, lately, though, Danny. I'm working on this comedian thing, actually. <laughs> One of our last guests invited me to become, he said I could be a comedian with they, him. Yeah, there you go. So, there you go. No, so you just keep keep working on those I'm, jokes, I'll dude. keep working on them. I'm um, down. Man, so you grew up in that area, but dude, like, Mammoth's windy. Like, how do you? How did you pick Mammoth to be the spot to a break? Was a hundred and ten foot backflip correct? It was a hundred, and I've since then since gone hundred. Oh, since gone hundred and ten. I, I swinging for the fences, saying I was going to go one fifty. I'm kind of over that, but I think one twenty is kind of the next goal, you know, because I built this ramp and set up at my property, and it's there, so I might as well run it. But anyways, with Mammoth, it was. Dude, it's hard to get funding for that. It's hard to have like a home for it. And then I had a partnership with Mammoth and then Monster partnered with X Games. And then every, you know, there was just like trifecta and everything started unfolding really quick. Cause actually the first uh, year I got on Monster in 2011, uh, that was one of my main goals. Like I had just flipped like a 60 foot dirt to dirt jump. And I'm like, you could, fl- I could flip a hundred feet. Like let's, yeah. I, I want some, I want to try to make this happen. And then it just took years and it was just, you know, seemed like nothing was happening all of a sudden, just boom. And like, we're doing it mammoth and there wasn't really any time for hesitation. I'm just like, I, we got it. Let's do it. And now all the park crew there was so awesome to work with and help them build a jump. And they brought two airbags to jump into and, you know, test the dirt lip. Cause I wanted, I didn't want to do a ramp and scoot it back. I wanted it like dirt to dirt, dirt to dirt. Yeah. So then they made a, but it's, so the airbag was almost counterproductive though. I got ruined into that thing, but. Um, it was the luckiest moment of my life because the day before, like this, this time is scheduled out like months in advance, you know? So like on Tuesday, whatever, seven o'clock you're dropping, you know, and you have like a 10 minute wind window, maybe 15. And the day before at that time, howling wind, the day after ripping winds. So that day at seven o'clock, dead calm, like 7 a.m. 7 p.m. Oh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at Mammoth at Canyon Lodge. Like, thinking, like it's always windy there. Yeah. Like, I got so damn lucky. And, I mean, probably would have done it anyway, you know. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, that was like, I don't know, someone was looking out for me for sure. What were, how fast did you have to go? What was it the was, speed? Uh, it was 51. 51. 51 mile an hour. And we fi- the craziest part about it is we figured out that, um, cause I've never used a radar gun. It was kind of, I thought it was kind of for show and they had the highway sign and stuff. And it was, I wasn't like looking at it like, am I going fast enough? Cause you know, never in your life have you based anything off of a number. It's all like looking at the lip and the landing, but, uh, but coming in, um, and it was, uh, every mile an hour was six feet. We figured out. So if you were two mile an hour off, you could case it by 12 feet or go. So like one, I actually broke an unintentionally broke a record for longest dirt to dirt straight air, like 119 feet and something. So like, and that was just completely by accident. So it was, uh, and that was just testing it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it was kind of a trip, man. Um, just to like see why things work in air pressure and like barometric pressure that you you think like, Oh, I'm just not riding it. Air. I came up shorter. I went long. Cause I wasn't in, in my, right in my head, but like morning versus afternoon there, the, I will carry this forever and I tell people and they're kind of like dumbfounded by it. But in the mornings I would sprint and tuck and I could get going 49 like max. And that probably, you know, probably could have cleared it. But then in the afternoon I'd take a couple pedals and stay up and like be, you know, open catching air and it would, and I'd go like 52, 53. So like to have four or five mile an hour at 30 feet variance, you know, at that four or five mile an hour, just from the different air pressure from morning, afternoon, same visor position, tire pressure, 
Jersey, everything. Oh, I it's, see what's going on here. Cause I remember here in like golfing at high elevation too, the yeah. ball will fly further like yeah. in Mammoth. Cause yeah, we, yeah. you know, do Bishop yeah. golfing and I could drive it like 550 yards. Tiger Woods style. Yeah. But that's Dude, insane. You became as... a human golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, how many times did you straight air this thing Dude, before you Dude, went for it? And think about it, speaking of being a human golf ball, John Brankus was there doing the sports science. So I got. Oh, they had that guy there. Dude, that guy breaking was, it down. That guy was awesome, man. It was so, I need to go rewatch that. And one of my friends, Cam McCall, fellow pro mountain biker, he's like a huge fan. Is like, John Brankus. And anytime we'd be like, all right, what's the physics on this jump? How fast are we? He was like, help me, John Brankus. And then I got to have him like out and doing the full like episode what's he like what's he like on site you know is that making more nervous for you or is it like kind of is that helping out i don't really i mean the more things that keep your brain occupied the better you know like you do everything you can but then at some point you can't like overthink it so it was uh but it was one of those rare moments where you black out for sure like i remember fist bump i got him to hire one of my buddies to film at the top and uh be the you know top film guy and then my other b best friend to follow me in for the live pov and uh, he hit the jump too right no no he just no, he, he just went around it but Did uh, they have a drone following you no that was him with a gyro stabilized like gopro uh. with two live feed but just to have my two best friends up top and fist bump and then like i literally blacked out and then i was like okay landing like oh that was three months work we put in like oh it's over it's crazy that just happened like those moments are cool. I'm sure you've had a few like the proverbial zone and you're very, very rare. Can you get that to where you're just like autopilot subconscious is doing everything. But those are kind of the, those are the best moments you wish you could have kind of more of, you know, what's scarier, the straight air or the backflip? Oh, flip for sure. Flip for sure. There are a lot of people though, like the nitro dudes that like they'll usually just straight flip it, especially on a BMX bike, a little squirrelier with smaller wheels. Cause the, the gyro of the wheels kind of stabilizes you. So heavier, bigger wheels on a mountain bike. They catch more wind, but they have, uh, you know, they have a little bit more mass. And uh, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of the same with snowboarding. I think there's uh, uh, like a small gray area where straight airing is almost a little scarier. Yeah. A, like, uh, I, I don't even know what the theory of that is, but like uh, maybe it's you're, you're thinking more. Yeah, and you're kind of a sitting. I mean, you could probably you know shed a little more light on that than anyone. But I I feel like it's like to the to the wheels and everything. And there's something to hold you up. But a snowboard, you're kind of at the mercy and more of a sitting duck, huh? I mean, for me, it, like I'm like Dingo said, I would spin jumps before really straight narrowing them, like big ones. And I think it was just like the way you're like staring at what you're coming at makes it a little bit more intimidating. Where when you spin, you're kind of like, all right, now I'm looking back. Yeah, and I'll come around for the spot the landing a lot later yeah but i like what you really said because i've had that instance of like this where you, you're you put so much work into something yeah and you're like you do something crazy and like same like the blackout moment because i've had a lot of times where i'd compete and take a half pipe run and i'd be like out of breath and i get to the bottom and like i literally couldn't even remember the run i just did because it was like so in the zone That's and awesome. i'm like trying to remember it and it's like I did something great. People are congratulating you and you're like trying to like relive it in your head, but you just can't like envision it. That's awesome. I like, and I don't know if there's something similar in snowboarding, but one of my favorite like subconscious moments, because I always love that like we overthink things and then you almost feel like you have to put more attention to it. But then real in reality, you got muscle memory and you know how to ride a bike, you know, snowboard, then you kind of have to let things unfold. But I remember numerous times like doing a subconscious brake tap 
and like knowing, like thinking before this, when I hit this drop, I'm going to have to go full, you know, balls out. I'm going to have to try to go as fast as I can. And then all of a sudden you contest run and then you hit your brakes and then you're like, wait, why did, why did I hit my brakes? And then you grease it. Like it, like your subconscious knew, but your frontal brain or whatever didn't like mm-hmm. was thinking wrong. Like, oh, this is going to compute this way. But then your subconscious is like stronger, more powerful. And it like, it'll, it won't fail you. You know, it's, I love that shit. How long was the outrun? How'd you stop? I mean, we got pretty good breaks. You can okay. you can slow down pretty quick. Just but. ran straight into Canyon Lodge, dude. I, mean, oh, boom! Like, I didn't know if like they'd set up the uh, the water skin thing for you to just kind of ride into or dude, something. That'd be sick. You know, just yeah. hop on a like it a was, paddleboard and rip across. Yeah, the pond. it was it was the end of the season. Mammoth had the uh, the pond skim up. They said this land. And just see if you can coast that thing too, dude. We'll break some records. I got to thank you big time because at that time, I remember being, you know, uh, in a monster meeting and randomly, I like somehow I went to headquarters while they're having this round table and they were talking about all these different world records. Uh-huh. And they were like, all right, what about you? What world record do you want to break? And I'm like, let's go back to the cam one. Let's talk about <laughs> that, you know, because... <laughs> Oh, I wasn't it's ready pre- to break that world record. I mean, it's pretty daunting, right? Like, would that would it be high air or something like the Terrier record or something? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, probably the highest air for sure. I mean, that I would go after, or just the longest, spinniest thing. I don't know. I was I'm not more. I'm scared of world records. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's kind <laughs> the of the old like, like how many kickflips you do in a road record. Oh, that one's been taken. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> hmm, all right, we can't do that. I'm like. I'm kind of more on the Tony Hawk thing. Like, hey, I'll just do 540s all the way through the pipe and we'll just make like a million foot half pipe. Yeah. You know? And I'll do like a 900 at 50 and then like just yeah, chilling. I got a cab 1080, 39. I'm going to bring it back for 40. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, you think you still got that. Oh, it's coming. Do you I like see- spinning cab better than than backside or like what's your way favorite? better than backside i just like love the there's something about gripping the toe edge and uh-huh. for me releasing off of it it's just i don't know how fast i'm going so i can keep going bigger and bigger a little bit switch where regular i kind of have a bit of a more gauge on like okay this yeah. is fast or something i don't know do you spin do you spin cab off your toes always not always, but on jumps I'll do it, which is kind of a little bit old school where uh-huh. a lot of people will kind of like slide off their heels and get some big spins. But I always thought like front side spins off your toes are dope, but I always sucked at them. It's the best feeling because you just pop so hard. It's like back. Boom. Because like when I like started spinning front side, like it was off. Yeah. I, learned, I learned off my heels. Okay. And then like, because it was like toes were like the in thing in the 90s and then the early 2000s that came to heels. Now kids just, I think they can do it every way. Yeah. Dude, kids now are doing backside spins off their heels. I still can't comprehend that. Well, backside rodeo, right? Yeah, but yep. like a flat spin. Yeah, so okay. like you hit you hit like a, like a backside spin and rather than digging off your toes and just, they literally rock onto the heels and then do this like lofty, like cork backside. It's scary as fuck. Dingo used terrifying. to be our guinea pig. And there'd be like a lot of times we'd roll Straight up to like 67 foot jumps. And I'm like, let's send Dingo in. That's for whatever awesome. reason. And he'd like, like frontside seven, huge jumps. That's yeah, sick. For whatever reason, I could look. And the whole thing with that is you just don't want to come up short. Yeah. Like usually like it's very hard to overshoot a jump that big. Right. So yeah. it's like more so just if you think you've got the but, speed, just go a little faster. But when people do OJ stuff like that. You're fucked. Yeah. And that's where, like, where your situation comes into it more. Like, looking looking at that, and that's why I was like asking, like, whether the straight air 
or the backflip was scarier because I feel like a straight air, you're like, you're just looking at it the whole, the, and, and you're up there for seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's like a cert. I've always, I mean, grew up a racer and I feel like there's like a different kind of focus on bike control versus the next trick, you know? Um, so I think I've, I've never ever thought it would be easier to do a trick off of a jump or a drop or a step down or anything because always super comfortable straight airing it but there are a lot of people like that they've put most of their life and training and and trying to build up these tricks rather than like they kind of skip a step of having more like bike control you know yeah and riding new stuff all the time and riding down old trails and you know you find a gap like split second to pop like i think it's um there's nothing wrong with it. And I kind of wish that I had better tricks or more tricks, I guess, but I like, uh, I do appreciate more people that just have like a better bike control rather than, you know, the next, the next thing, the next yeah. thing. Um, uh, but for, yeah, like I was saying about the nitro thing, I think most of the BMXers will flip it and not straight air it, you know, and it's, you know, 40, 50 feet or something. Yep. And they first run will flip rather than just straight air. And I can't really comprehend that. I would much, I'm sure I, you know, I have, I've FT'd some stuff and, yep. but, uh, I've, yeah, I can't imagine. And I'm sure those guys now too, it's like, they do that thing fucking three, four times a week now. So yeah. it's like, I'm sure most of those guys, it's just like waking up. All yeah. right. What's it here again? Yeah. I'm going to do another yeah. takeoff. And I think the takeoff changes too much. I think maybe they, sometimes they did that like world games thing where they added the, the soft landing. And I don't know if you saw that. But like yeah. where they had the BMX guys doing like triples and like the moto guys, like they were like 60, 70, 75 feet in the air. And that shit's like, I can't comprehend that either. Yeah. Dude, it's not a, they're one of the younger kids that, you know, we think of them as being the next generation and they're like, you know, they got it figured out and they're going to be so much better than us. And he was, I think he was like 18 at the time. And he was like, dude, you think we have the new like we might have the new software but the kids that are like 14 right now have completely new hardware and you look at the the girls that are like nine years old and ripping bowls on on a skateboard and air like it's insane what kids under 10 are doing right now yeah like vert ramps and and snowboarding and skateboarding and bikes and everything it's ridiculous well it's like the resurge of it you know i think that like vert's been around forever but now this thing with the olympics of both it's been in snow now since 98 but like with the with skateboarding and BMX freestyle coming into the Olympics, you're seeing this yeah. whole new surge of park skaters and BMXs, um, and then also uh, park and street. And it's it's it is wild. You're like literally watching nine year old kids like shred. And it just shows what was possible all along. If like, and, you know, I think a lot of it's even just your parents put like, you know, this is okay. Well, let's get them into it. Let's give yeah. them a little encouragement at a young age, you know, because like they could be an Olympian. This isn't a dead end sport. You to become a lawyer kind of talk, nah. you know, they're just like, you know, blossom into an Olympian. This sport, if you can become an Olympian in the lo local skate park, do it. Yeah. And that blows my mind. Like, it's crazy. Like, like you're saying with the younger kids and skating too, like the you see this huge gap in age on like the mega ramp stuff. Yeah. And I just couldn't be like, imagine being a parent and being like, yeah, I'm going to have my kid learn like a backside 900 today a on a mega 10. quarter. You're like, wait, what? Like you got to be a sick parent. I feel like a little bit to be pushing <laughs> your kids into some of this stuff, you know? Dude, I can't. It's, I mean, I've, I haven't even ridden the mega ramp. It's always chained up at Woodward. It never felt like even just bothering anyone to ride it, you know, but 
the jumps, whatever. But the quarter pipe is ridiculous. Crazy. Like, yeah. It's like ridiculous. That's like a, I, I bet I could err maybe head high and be terrified of terrified. it. Terrified. And, then he, and meanwhile, you got like, what was the younger kid that did the cab 10? I think Mitchie Brusco did one, but then there was another kid that just did it on vert. But like, think about being 10, 12 Geek. years old. Yeah. The Brazilian kid. Geek. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, coming in switch, let alone, and then cab 10ing. 15 feet it's out. too much pressure, right? Like, where do you go when you're 19? You're going to, then you're expected to have this 1800. You don't want to peak too early. And if you're peaking at 12, <laughs> like that's insane. We, we, like we're yeah. starting to make like child actors out of action yeah. sports in a way. You Seriously. Know? We, we were in, I was in uh, just in Japan for X games and, and I rode, I, I, I was hanging out with Key, the Brazilian kid that did it. And there's the questions I started asking him. I was like, so what's it like? You know, are you, are you cool in school? Are you not cool? Do kids like you? Do they not like you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, you're like, you're hey, he's in Brazil. He's kind of a superstar there. Or he's a, he's a young superstar of the sport. But it was just like, like, what do kids think of you when you're like, oh, I just went to California skate ramp and did the t first 1080 or the 1080 and they got me next to Tony Hawk. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm cool in school. <laughs> and then I still came home and got a D on my history test. Or yeah. Whatever, you know, like, it's so crazy to think about the, just the normal, they're still a kid and they still have to go through all the motions of being a kid, but then they're doing something adults couldn't fathom. Yeah. And put, being under pressure like that in the spotlight, I mean, dude, again, new hardware. New hardware. So you grew up in somewhat Reno, Carson City. Yeah. Did you grow up skiing and snowboarding too? Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. I've been, uh, I mean, when I was, I don't know, 14 to 15, like we had a little snowboard gang, you know, and I wanted to be a pro snowboarder too. And, um, you know, I've, I, I never really did much more than like a like a front seven or but like backset rodeos are always my favorite trick and it's kind of funny that like a cash roll on a bike is really reminiscent of that like you lock the back brake kind of like like catching your heels yep. and you roll it like it's kind of but it's a it'd be like a back rodeo seven but you're spinning I love forward, the way that know? trick looks on a yeah. bike because it's like you see him drop that front shoulder yeah. it's so cool yeah it's funny because it's a fronty and backset rodeos you think of being a back foot but you're kind of just going 90 and then going backflip, you know? Can you actually lock the brakes up coming off to yeah. do that there's, on the there's front? There's some BMXers that run brakeless and don't do it, but yeah, you wait till your front wheel's like at the top or a little off the top and just grab rear brake. It gives you a little kick and then, you know, it feels honestly like backside rodeo is pretty sick. But, uh, but yeah, that's- uh, I think I, I wouldn't know what that feels like really. I can't never done a backside rodeo. Oh, no way. No. That's kind of, it's kind of funny. That was always my favorite trick and I like, it, it worked for me, but- you know what's funny is like we it. had like an airbag oh. with Steve I don't Aoki. Know, you never know. Some dude, some people like, no, well, it's like a, they don't have like there's some trick. Dude, I tried to learn into the airbag and I created some trick that uh, like remember we had the airbag with Aoki. Oh yeah, when you were when we were shredding with Aoki and, and we, a mini Chloe Kim, you were uh, trying to show off for little Chloe, baby Chloe Kim. Yep. I was not. How old to show was she off. then? I don't know. Four. It was like twelve or thirteen she, or something. Yeah. What? Well, well. Yeah. She. Um, How old is she now? Twenty. Twenty one. She got to be twenty one by now. She might Crazy. be 22. Because I think when she won her first Olympics, she was 18. She did the college thing. So yeah. she's she's probably 22. But this was 2000, I believe, 15, 16. But that, it was a funny day because to watch, get to see Steve Aoki like jump into an airbag. Uh -huh. He wanted to learn backflips. It was so funny. Oh, no way. And then like he would go so slow and he'd almost like miss the gap. Yeah. <laughs> so like he was trying to learn backflips into the airbag, but he was going so slow. Like you were afraid he was like just going to fall in the hole. Or hit his head on the lip or something. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? In credit to him, he's now like, I don't know if he's landed 
a rodeo on that was his goal to like learn like backflips and rodeos but i believe he's landed a rodeo on snow that's awesome yeah go steve aoki dude. yeah mm-hmm. like he, he he's just kind of like an adrenaline junkie and i think he grew up skateboarding a little bit he grew up going to big bear and then obviously had crazy uh, success and fame and then once he hit that you could tell that he wanted to go back to that adrenaline side of his life because you have all these peaks and as you guys both know like once you hit it you want more and i yeah. think he went back to his adger- adrenaline side like he built like a like almost like a like a robin big style or fantasy factory kind Sick. of house in vegas and there's a huge pool drop and the trampolines and the you know he spent a lot of money on that and you know, you know when he came to us you know we brought the monster airbag to him like that was he wanted to learn backflips and the goal was to learn a rodeo on on snow Sick. and i believe he got there i think he did it in japan like I want to say, like maybe like you know, two or three years later, he did like a, a rodeo on snow, landed it, and then uh, and rode away. So it's cool to see people, and that was funny because we're teaching Steve Aoki how to uh, uh, do backflips. Chloe Kim like kind of comes up, is hanging out. So you've got Chloe Kim, Steve Aoki, and then and then her dad's there, and her dad's basically at that time like talking to Steve about like, all right, so do we go with CAA? Do we go with William Morris? What agency do we do? What kind of deals? How do we do? And Dude. that was back then. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that, that one. Was, I was like more interested in that conversation. <laughs> That's pretty damn cool. Dude, those are the kind of people that you'd like to hang out with just for the fact that they spend their money on cool shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's what you'd think. If I was a DJ, that's what I'd be doing, you know, or you'd like to think so. You know, like the cool thing is like we became, we, we did like Christmas one year with me and Danny. We got dressed in these like Santa Claus outfits and we like were giving away like product or food. Or, I forget what we were doing. We were Christmas. clearing out an old warehouse that I wasn't going to keep anymore. So we literally drove a, the motorhome filled with just swag. We had VHSs from like 12 yeah. years ago. And we had this bet where we, we decided, you know, let's see who can wear the Santa suit the longest. So me and Dingo for four days around Mammoth are wearing the Santa suit. We're going out and eating like dinner together at the restaurant, like just with each other. Was this in, in the Santa show? Suits. Nah. No, we made a nah. we made a video call, I think a, a grenade Christmas. Okay. And where we kind of and then we put a few other snowboarders in the thing and did a little park at it. But the funny thing with the show was we would still do the same shit we would do on the show off the show. We were just yeah. Well, yeah, this that's, why was, that's why it was authentic, <laughs> and that's why it was a personal worked. bet for like I think it was like a hundred dollars. We made this stupid <laughs> yeah. bet, but then there'd be a, a part in the like you know we'd finish dinner. And I'd be like, all right, you want to go to the bar? And he's like, no, not in this. And I'm like, all right, well I want to go, so I'd like show up by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just bring the whole bar back home and Dingo would be like, not again. There'd be like 13 people like piling into the condo and he's just on the couch in his Santa suit like watching TV. <laughs> but also that Christmas, Steve Aoki and Little John did their family Christmas together up there and we were just a part of their Christmas. It was Sick. insane. Like Aoki's mom cooking us dinner, me and Danny just playing charades with the Aoki and Little John's family in our Santa Claus outfits. Man. How's Lil John, dude? I haven't heard about him in a while, but that seemed like a ripping dude to hang he's out with. He's still doing the same thing. Yeah. He still says, yeah, and what? <laughs> dude, he's DJ and he's crushing it, still produces it. He's still literally doing what he was doing 20 years ago, making the same money. He's like just kind of forever found his his spot. Bitching. But that's like one of the raddest things, you know, with like, you know, the action sports and the sports we get to do. It's like, you know, these people come from all over and they just want to do that. Like little John yeah. goes on trips snowboarding with like Shorty Put. It's just him and Shorty Put in like Park City. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, that's the the joy of like we you know, about- action sports bringing all these like random people yeah. together, you know. Especially nowadays too. Everything's becoming like with the parents, you know, and it's okay. It's like more acceptable to have t- tattoos or something. It's more acceptable to be a snowboarder. It's more yep. like there's a, and it, 
I don't know. It's becoming more accessible. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I liked it when it was, when we were all badass. Yeah. But that's yeah. just like life, right? I think yeah. it's like every, every, everyone figured out, dude, it's like Reno. I always said it, the Reno 911 keeps the kooks out. But then sooner or later, everyone's like, all right, this place is actually pretty dope. Right. The kooks all, come back. Yeah. All it's, it's, and then everyone's like, what we've known the whole time. And like, same thing with snowboarding and bikes and everything. Like, you knew how sick it was. And that's why you devoted your life to it. But then everyone's like, oh, let me just get some of that. Oh, let me come in. And you're like, all right, this might be a little too much now. But yeah, it's life. Dude, so it's, it's so you grew up dual doing, you were a racer? Yeah. Like a mountain bike racer, like a dual. Yeah. Slal- I don't think slal- I've even seen that. Slalom and downhill. Slalom's kind of like mogul skiing, but just timed. It's like two parallel courses. And then first rider starts the clock second rider stops it you f- go back at the top switch courses and you have to beat that time yep so it's always it's the most competitive form of mountain biking because or like best spectator sport and best racing because you like if it's if it's like motocross style or bmx there's only like one or two maybe corners it's not like you have a long race with a throttle like so the it's the best form of racing and I, and it's always been my favorite but even though i suck at it now but i was i was pretty good at when i was younger um, and then downhill racing, but I was, yeah, I wanted to be, uh, wanted to be Sean Palmer. <laughs> oh yeah. You know about him. Oh my God, dude. We've had, when we had our little place in June. You were in his movie and, uh, in the miserable champ and yeah. it was like, there's Danny Cass giving him some props. Oh man. He came in like, we had a little skate shop in June and it was like a coming of age when Palmer came and he was like Sick. shotgun and beers and he was doing like boneless plants all the way up into the wall. And we were like, whoa. Dude, like, the, the fact that he can skate a vert ramp still blows me away. Like the fact, like he's done everything. You're like, well, but then you like, oh crap, he actually could skate too. And like also, I mean, just like the cross, like just being such an athlete, right? Because yeah. yeah, it's one thing to be specialized in snowboarding and yeah. border cross in his instance right towards the end. But then, like, I didn't even know it until I went back and actually watched these, like, mountain bike videos of him. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Like, dude, he was, he changed the sport. We would all be, well, all the racers would still be wearing Lycra for him. For him. Like, that's he, wild, eh? He brought in motocross gear and, you know, won. But he, like, did it, right? It wasn't wor- like he, he won, this, like, he won a World Cup. He, he, like, he was, he was the epitome of the industry. Like, he was the man. Like, and did you get to like see him racing some of oh, those yeah. early years and stuff? Dude, I remember because he's a Tahoe guy at Mammoth. I remember being um, the nationals for mountain biking were so big then, and then the organization kind of ate themselves to death. But they um, the pits were as big as a supercross race or bigger because there was more is more spectator friendly and there's yeah. more like vendors and stuff like GT and these companies had semis and then specialized at a semi. And then next to it was Palmer's bus, like custom painted, sick, Charlie <laughs> Designs bus with his own pit in the pits. Like it was larger than life. And if it weren't for that, I might not have like been like, this is what I want to do. You know, I was like, I want to be like that guy. I want to hang out with that dude in that bus. It's so cool. Cause like it, it, it's, uh, I forget what year it was, but he won like USA sports today, sports person of the year. Like, yes, I think, like as, he won. Yeah. USA today said, the world's greatest athlete question mark, but like front page Andy won an SB for best athlete and whatnot. And like yeah. it's ridiculous. And it was crazy because like the mountain bike thing was happening around the same time. And I think there was an era there where like snowboarding kind of like was like, Oh, you're not cool anymore because you did this border cross thing and the Palmer snowboards yeah. thing. And it wasn't cool to like ride Palmer snowboards. But while that was kind of happening, the mountain bike thing, and he was like changing a whole industry, yeah. like rebuilding a whole industry. And it's like, I think Palmer, in the early days of snowboarding, 
Sean Palmer. Like, there's no one more badass than him. No one more Tahoe than him. And and he did it all. And then there was a minute there where, like, the border crossing was somewhat kooky. I think in the end there, it's like, you know, like, fuck, dude. Like, it was the Olympics. Dude, like, I don't want to date myself, but I feel like it was either 2010 or 2014. Like, he made the team and then fell through a window. Torres Achilles, yeah. You know, like, so he was goddamn mid-40s, like, still ripping. Yeah. Dude, and then he had another opportunity and missed like missed it by like one spot or something. But I, I remember hearing that he said it really early on because he essentially invented border cross. Kind of. He was like, because he, like, he just loved motocross and snowboarding so much. That he's like, I'm going to, this thing's going to be in Olympics one day. I'm going to be too damn old. And then he was too damn old and still almost did it like numerous, you know, four year gaps. Pretty phenomenal. But I mean, the ma- making a main and a supercross and, you know, qualifying for an outdoor national and then winning uh, snowmobile X Games and then skier cross X Games and then all the same year get winning a World Cup in mountain biking. Uh, ridiculous. And being able to skate a vert ramp and like, I think that's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that Palmer boards became massive. Yeah. And I think you know, I don't, big I, in Europe, it was. I don't think he really got anything from it. I think he got kind of kind of screwed on that deal, but yeah. I think there's so many funny Palmer stories like through his decision making and just like oh, I've heard. his philosophy of like <laughs> deals and like I we shared a same sports agent for a while. So I would okay. just hear like these legendary deals and I would throw crazy ideas at him too. And he'd be like, wouldn't even flinch because he's like, yeah, I worked with Palmer for 10 years. Like he told me a story where like he was trying to get a sponsor and Palmer made the guy show up with like 100 grand or 50 grand in a briefcase. Even though, like, it was just like whatever part of the deal, and he's like, "Sorry, like that's the only way he's gonna do it." <laughs> the guy's like, "Well, like I don't know, like what?" And it's like, I want that, dude. That's, you know, and the audacity is like, but he, but to be able to do that with conviction and just get away with it for however many years is pretty bitching. Yeah, well, I guess the industry had no choice. He was larger than life. Yeah, you know, and it's people like that. You know, Jimmy Halepoff and people like that whole like you know. That that uh like it wasn't Krusty's. It was why am I just blank? Yeah, Krusty Demons of Dirt. And what stuff was Krusty and, Demons? What uh, whiskey? Uh, whiskey? Yeah. Is that yeah. whole whiskey? Yeah. 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 I haven't seen like, Whiskey Three. Get out there and watch that video. <laughs> you it's know, but it was that whole better on YouTube now, huh? Oh yeah, it's, it's all should, on yeah, YouTube. It's, yeah, it, but it was that like that moment that captured what the industry was at the time. And God damn it, has it like you know even like I think like. We were just with Heldor the other week, and I think, you know, we were lucky in a sense that, like, we still were able to get away and do a lot of the antics we did because, like, it was still kind of – we were still pre-somewhat internet. The end of our run, the internet had become big, and Twitter and Instagram had somewhat taken well, – Twitter was big, you know, in the high, like the high run of uh, of our show, but now it's like those kids just kind of get – the industry just looks at you – can't, you can't do that anymore. The industry yeah. looks at – looks at you as you've got to be uh, somewhat, not picture perfect, but like a bad boy and an, ath- an, an athlete, like the, there's yeah. been like a crossroad, which is a sad moment because like, I think we were all built from the, the fun I'm, side. I'm a product of my environment too. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and I have to reel it in, you know, like yeah. that's why it's, it's always, and it's just evolving with the, th- with the world period, you know, and, and everything is going on outside of your sport, but then it affecting it. I mean, it's just constantly navigating it and evolving. And like you've had well over a 20 year career, you know, so you've evolved the sport and I'm, I'm right around 20 since my first pro event. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a 20 year career now. 
so to to navigate all that and a lot a lot of slaps on the wrist and a few like more than slaps you know but just got slapped it, you in got, the face yeah you got you got <laughs> you get slapped by the face in the face by sponsors sometimes but it's uh yeah part of it part of growing i guess part of evolving with the sport otherwise you can be like all right i guess you could be like palm and say like fuck this like kind of when keeping it real goes wrong or something you know yep. just like i'm out but and he, that's an honorable honorable way to go for sure but i guess just trying to trying to keep it going you got to kind of tread lightly here and there and just the way it goes how was uh how was the transition as a kid obviously racing was kind of what you grew up doing how was the transition into you know freestyle and jumping down cliffs and being like hey like i want to make this a thing well i think it was probably one of the coolest parts of when i grew up and just timing is everything you know because it's no one else will really be able to experience the beginning of these this genre of the sport you know like there were some predecessors of like like richie schley and tippy and and wade simmons these dudes that were uh, like started kind of jumping off clips and bender i'm sure you've heard of bender the guy he jump off he was, he was jumping off like 40 foot cliffs and eating shit probably over half the time yep. in like 99 with it with motorcycle boots on and stuff so there was like some people but then it like we were at the very first slope mountain bike slope style contest and then i couldn't get into the first rampage because i didn't have a big enough name um but then it was third year i got in i've done everyone so like to be at the beginning of these events and then help actually shape the sport to like whatever we want you know take influence from snowboarding and motocross and surfing or whatever else we and bmx of course but uh to ha have the opportunity to leave your mark on it and and literally help shape the trajectory of is is like the greatest bit of timing I could have asked for, you know? Yeah. Like we don't make the money that like, well now make better money than we did when we were a kid, you know? And the kids that are coming up doing their first contests are making more than we were in our first. Yeah. So like we weren't like compensated for it, but it was, I wouldn't change it for the world. Cause like we have, you know, we got to experience something that was better than any, any monetary value. Pioneers dude. Pioneers yeah. always look back on things and I think have a way better time than the people that come in and, and are just part of, it's great. It's snowboarding. Yeah. Like, and then I guess UFC, there's been a lot of spider fighters that have been a little bit more, um, I don't know, vocal about um, pride versus UFC in early days and the people that were making no money, they liked it better because they're in it for the right reasons, you know? Yeah. Like you're in it because you love it and you, you are going to devote your life to the sport and cha help change it and you just want to do it regardless of how much someone's going to pay you. But now, you know, people are actually getting into a lot of these sports just for money or the Olympic dream or whatever. But to like be completely authentic and, and humble and just in it for the right reasons is like you can't replicate that. No. Not at all. And it's like, and like, you know, it's, it's, you'll look back on it on time or maybe even see it now. It's just cool to show up and you see the evolution. And you, like you said, that the, 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 the product they ride or, you know, wear has got better and the evolution of it. That's, it's not that they couldn't always do it. It's somebody had to like pave the way. And now yeah. that those things that happen, it takes it to a new level. With mountain biking, or like, it's kind of scary though. Like, man, like, I've done a lot of things. One of the scariest things I've ever done is ride a mountain bike down a mountain. Oh, I hear like, that. <laughs> I just did it actually for like the first time of like really downhilling. Seriously. Yeah. You've lived in Mammoth this long. I couldn't focus. My head was shaking so much and I'm like pulling the brakes that I like couldn't even see where I was going. And it's funny because I showed up and my buddy's like, yo, you're not riding that like K2 bike. I had like some 
it was like yeah. 30 years old or yeah. you know at this point he's like you're gonna ride my girlfriend's bike and i'm like okay <laughs> you know yeah dude i can't believe that you haven't ridden more being a mammoth mammoth's like my favorite bike park like like it's not the it's not the most world renowned as far as it is for snowboarding like whistler is the best ever and then there's other ones for mountain bikes yeah but and that's where the big competition happens right yeah yeah yeah, yeah whistler crankworks um and it's it's legendary and it's it's the biggest best most money put into it, most trails but i like i dude i love riding mammoth it's almost just because it's like the kitty litter it's like soft and it's i grew up racing there but uh mammoth's pretty bitching for mountain biking but dude it, it's like i'm sure that there's a lot of people that show up on a snowboard and be like dude just change your foot or something and then they're like oh you changed my life i bet with your bike setup or you'd you could we could change your whole experience as far as like just maybe a click and the oh, opportunity. I, I think I would need pressure. like a shot of adrenaline and like something else. But I think it was so cool because like yeah, growing up in Mammoth and just the whole like getting to see this mountain bike explosion. Mm -hmm. Like I was really proud to see like these resorts actually like turn the lifts on in the, yeah. in the summer, and that was huge to see. Like For sure. people just like you're going to the top of the mountain, and in the winter. You know, like I can get it top to bottom in like seven, eight minutes. You yeah. know, you take a bike up there, it's <laughs> like a whole nother story coming I mean, down the hill. The, you if know? you take the kamikaze, the fire road, you could do that in under seven minutes. I think it's like four or five minutes even. Fuck that. Yeah. Dude, they were racing that in <laughs> Dude, that was another reason. Like, you can't I, just slide out on a bike. You're on a bike. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I got taken mountain biking maybe, I don't know, 08, 09 or something for the first time. And like, I remember like getting to the top. I was like, fuck you. Like, just like dead, like whatever. But I pedaled up this crazy, like a big hill. And then he's like, all right, time to go down. By the time we got to the bottom, I was like, I'll ride up any day. Like going down. And that was the first time I ever did it. But going down, like you just anything. You can go down at any moment. And I feel like when you guys go down, you go down. Yes. So I'm, this is another like thing I try to just keep, I don't know, close, close to the, you know, daily operations, I guess. But I had a, a good friend pass away, Jordy Lund, and it was on a, a two years ago, and it was, and it was just on a normal trail ride. Like he is, this dude has done the gnarliest shit you could ever imagine. Lived like like some of the most burly segments, and I don't know if you ever saw someone ride down a vertical tree to a tight little tranny at the bottom, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Rough AF. Look, Google it or YouTube it, but. He died riding like a normal trail ride and just misjudged, like thought there was like a gap or it wasn't a gap and then put his front wheel into it, head injury, dead like. And then uh, Darren Bearcloth, a uh, really good friend, just broke his neck like three days ago. Not paralyzed luckily, but on a trail ride, normal trail ride, done the gnarliest shit you could ever imagine. And then just, just puts into perspective how dangerous just mountain biking is, period. And we're so used to like pushing the limits of it. They're like, oh, it's going a trail ride. It's going to be mellow. And like, but you still get going 30 mile an hour through trees sometimes on a norm with a little half lid, you know? Yep. So it's, it, but it also puts into perspective how dangerous daily life is and just like walking off a curb and getting hit mm -hmm. by a car. So try to, you can't play it safe because either no, way, you yeah. know, like, but it's like you say, it's like those, like those simple, those times where you're not really like pushing your yeah. own limits that, yeah. you know, kind of show the dangerousness of all these different action mm -hmm. sports, you know? And, so to be focused and enjoy that moment, try to get to the proverbial zone and try to like be do things with conviction and and just be 100 percent confident and focused is like where you want to be anyway. So but it's obviously hard to do 100 percent of the time. But I guess that's the goal, right? 
I guess so. Hell yeah, live life on the edge. Stay on those two wheels, <laughs> you know. Sure. Like, but yeah. like, I've always felt like you know. There's a couple of our like like Axel Hodges is super into it. His brother Austin is. Sage Kutzenberg, Zach Hale, a bunch of our snowboarders have become super into mountain biking. Yeah, they live. Well, Austin, Axel's obviously here, but those guys live up in uh, in Park City, and it seems like Park City's got like a pretty good like terrain. And I think Zach flips. I don't think Sage Sick. does. That's awesome. Zach flips. Dude, it's it's such a cool time as far as like partly thanks to Palm and partly just the evolution of of the bike period. Like the bikes are like your average $2000 lower end like good bike, you know, not like a Walmart one or something, but like like the lower one you'd get like at a sport outlet is still a really good bike now. It's better than than like a $10,000 bike was like 8 years ago, you know. Well, I think this is an important thing to like for people to hear because I see like these mountain bike prices and you're like, whoa, that's like a $10,000 bike. Yeah. But it's cool to hear you like kind of like throw it in the ballpark where like, hey. Dude, and it, and it, and still 2000 bucks is more than you're spend on snowboard gear, you know, but you can go ride every day for free, you know, and a little wear and tear on the tires and your brake pads or whatever, but it's pretty much free if you want after that. So Skiing to spend- snowboarding, not. Yeah, to spend 2,500 bucks on a bike, like you could get a really good bike nowadays. And it's just, and it usually just comes down to being a hair heavier. Maybe the suspension isn't quite as good, but you could set that bike up dope and be really, really good on it and have the time of your life. And it's just probably a little heavier, like a pound or two heavier than the $10,000 version. So you're telling me I could spend like 2,500 bucks, get a setup, and I'd yeah. be ready for Rampage? Well, if you, if you... <laughs> No, I'm just Bro, kidding. I'm, I'm, but, 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 dude, I'm ready it, to go watch also, some rampage. Uh, that whole record you broke. Danny's goal is to break your record. No, not at all. <laughs> but, yeah. dude, all jokes aside, in a helicopter. Though, all jokes aside, though, I think that that you could, you, or you, I know you absolutely could do, depending on you know, because you build your own line, you can go as big as you want or as small as you want. You could ride like a moderate rampage line on a twelve five hundred dollar bike, no problem. Like it would, it would hold up. You want to stiffen up the suspension and stuff like that, but. You could. It's a pretty bitching time for mountain biking just for that. And then the whole like trifecta of the trails being better, uh, more accessible, the industry being cooler and well more well perceived from like Axel and all these uh, and you guys and all these other these other sports that we always looked up when it felt like we're on the outskirts kind of just because it wasn't it wasn't on fuel TV. It wasn't a core sport, you yeah. know. So to have it it respected from these other industries and like that are fairly similar. And then just, yeah, trails, gear, bikes, image, like every, all that whole trifecta is, it's a, like the sport's awesome right now. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's, it's, I guess it's got, you know, um, you know, the nod that it deserves. Whereas you're right. You probably, when you were younger, you're right. It wasn't on fuel TV. It didn't have these outlets. Maybe yeah. at the end there it was, but it just didn't have the outlet, you know. It is now. Do you know fuel TV's back? Yeah, they keep emailing me. They yeah, we're you. coming back. We're gonna be like, <laughs> we're gonna be like Bill and Ted. We're gonna make a movie. I keep telling people in a few years, we're gonna do like a two-hour movie or episode. Dude, I want to be involved. Yeah, you're we in. want I you involved. In. You're in. You're in. Be in yeah, yeah, you're in the. It's the. It's, yeah. uh, you got to be born within like a certain radius of mammoth, and I think you fit the. You're in. Which one was Keanu? Was was Bill Keanu? Oh, I would probably be Keanu. That's what I was saying. Which one, be, which one was he, Bill or Ted? I think uh, he was Bill. Bill. So Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be cool if we could actually get those dudes for the intro of the show. We might be That'd able be to. That would be hilarious. I bet they know who you are. You know? I've met Keanu Reeves. I sat next to him. And he comes to races, but I sat next to him at a dinner once. So Sick. I think he might remember who I am. But. Oh, well, he, 
you're a hard one to forget. He probably still has like dreams of your laugh. Like he'll be like, "What was that?" It was. It was. Ah, lit- ah, ah, it was. Ah, ah. It was. It comes <laughs> up. And then I saw him at a NASCAR and I took a selfie with him, and that selfie got a lot of likes. Sick. But That's he's like awesome. a super. Uh, he's like a. He's like a super car. He's just like a moto. He like yeah. you see him in LA, he's riding a mo- yeah. motorbike around. Like he's. He 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 might be down. Um, one other thing I wanted to say because these things get shorter and shorter because we have fun. Um, but uh, 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 you like transcended and similar. We were talking. I was talking about Sage a second ago, but you kind of like were able to reach a pinnacle of like contest competing, but then take a step back and like kind of go into a sense. I don't know if it's called the backcountry, but like just kind of do more filming style projects yeah. with with sandbox and and whatnot. Um, yeah. Nope. Not many people have done that before you too, right? Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of everyone's dream and it's it's kind of amazing that it's just complete parallel with snowboarding and and skiing like you gain the knowledge and then you get, you know, it takes a lot of experience to hit things blind and know the speed without actually doing it or someone doing it before you. Same with like knowing the terrain and snowboarding, so it's pretty awesome that there's just that perfect parallel of of experience comes getting away getting out to like heavier stuff but like stuff that requires more knowledge and wisdom and time on the bike but uh it's kind of like slope style is a young man's game you know and i was the last one of the original class of of 04 was our first uh, crankwork slope style and it was cam mccall paul bass kyle Strait, darren barracloth and i um, and sorry if there's other, but like the five or six of us were at all the events and winning, you know, the first couple of years, like one of us were winning everything, you know, and, um, then I, I was stuck around the longest. And at the end I was like kind of miserable at it. Like it's, it's, and it, it evolves more into gymnastics, just like, just like snowboarding. And, and then you're, you're not having as much fun, but I just kind of stuck it out as long as I could until. God, I can't remember what year was my last one. I think like 16 or something. But then Rampage, I will always, that's that's the only one I really care about anymore. And that's, because yep. that, you can create your own, you can create your own course. You can build, you can go as big as you want. You could go as fast as you want. You could do the, build the biggest tombstone hip ever. You know, you could drop the biggest cliff. Whatever you want to do, you can do out there. Not just, you show up and then here's the course that you're going to ride. It might suck. It might not. And then you're going to have to do, you know, 20 whirly birds and a couple bar spins to like, like it's not to downplay. Like it is, it's ridiculous now. And I just, yeah, it's, um, I guess it was time to go. And naturally that's what happens in other sports too. You go to, to the stuff where you can, your, your wisdom can be appreciated or it can, you know, you can flourish with the things that you've accumulated the whole time. Um, and not have to be as like as snappy, I guess. That's one thing I wanted to ask about, like, is like seeing that course because you know for a long time in snowboarding we had like what they called the snowboarder super park, uh-huh. and I remember like as like you know like oh, I remember a late that. teenager like showing up and you'd be like holy like you'd look at these huge jumps right and you'd be like for me to be like all right like. I'm just hoping to hit like two or three of these features and survive the week. Cause you know, you see a lot of carnage, right? Going down in that week long. And I have a feeling like rampage has got to be the same where you show up and you're like, all right, like that gap looks impossible or whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go and you just pick your features kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, it's there, are, there are no features. It's all blank. You start here and here go out on the ridges or down the gut, wherever you want to go build. You have nine days to dig. 
Um, oh, so you get you guys get there and they choose a different place and then you kind of you build all those things. We build everything. So. Okay, because when I when you see it like the footage of it, it kind of almost looks like it's just well, there, there. You show up and there's like this. Well, there there has been that in the past to where um, the year I won it was mainly from the 360 off the Oakley drop, which was pre-built. So that, and then after um, 2013, then all pre-built features went away, and it was just you know. It, it's a natural like like check and balance, you know, like they didn't have any rules at first and then figured out after it rained that the dirt there is amazing. So you put some water and you can build whatever you want. You don't have to land and like powder on a bike doesn't really work out too well. Nah. <laughs> like you, you know, just laid back and just squirrely out of that wouldn't thing. It, wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Engage ski front wheel. But we, but we can, we can like FT sometimes I always look for it because there's nothing cooler than just like scraping off Natural. the edge of a lip or a drop. And then just, you know, if it's, you know, it, you could sink in a little bit, but it can't be like, you know, completely deep. But that's like the thing I always look for just because I love snowboarding so much. And an FT is like, the holy grail you know it's, it happens so little in mountain biking but always on the lookout for him dumb question is uh are your tires like a little flatter or are they are they pumped up no I, they're we run we run pretty standard pre usually the, you know you'd run like i don't know 30 to to 30 i run, usually run like 31 and then 37 in the back and which isn't which is just a little higher than a lot of people would race on an average person they usually probably run mid-20s but the only reason i'm stiffer is when you're if you're carving off of a lip or like going to spin or something and say your tire folded you're fucked you know so to to have you want to run it a, a nice balance between it not like caving off carving off of a big takeoff or a landing but then soft enough to be able to have some traction you know but you know bmxers run like 60 to 100 psi or whatever because they don't you know the tire is just going to grip and you're not going over inundations and stuff and gripping a rock so um yeah pretty standard just a hair higher than, than the average mountain right yeah uh, did you want to know that question um you, you were itching to ask i already knew it you knew the answer from <laughs> no cake, i didn't know i'm thinking of like last time i i uh i actually I have, you know, huge respect to like that and what you do because I'm always driving between like Mammoth and Colorado a lot. Uh -huh. And I'll be like in these places in like, you like know, Utah. Utah and Nevada because those are between Colorado. But I'm just like looking at all this natural terrain. I just like freaking dream about it because you yeah. see all these different features where you're like, that looks like a perfect like 15 foot cliff drop and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's the, the hardest part about biking is and having that mindset and always seeing it you get closer like okay that, that isn't like softer dirt or smaller granules those are like you know the whole hill's made up with baby heads and baby heads are bad <laughs> baby, you don't want to you don't want to ride your bike over baby heads i, I don't know, know like, about baby heads baby heads are bad big rocks like look smooth just rocks right, so i got a great baby head story about a car uh-oh driving up to big bear and i had louis video on the car with me driving up driving up this is back when i had a dodge magnum hemi oh, brand yeah. new rims on it and uh and and i used to like i used to for whatever reason i'd see like snowballs and i'd turn and hit them and they'd like explode and driving up to big bear and i was like oh louie and i pinned this fucking one i thought was a snowball and it was not a snowball it was a rock and it hit the middle of this rock that was like a big boulder that looked white but it wasn't and it just disintegrated my rim so yeah baby heads <laughs> you gotta stay away from them <laughs> But I think like one also. The movie the whole time was probably uh, like, that's what are you doing? That's not like you probably. Nah. Like, 
No, he thought it was. He thought it was. It was too. great. It was. It was. It was an experience because then we were stuck on the side of the road. I had no car. Yeah. No service. Had to like wave someone down. I think the, the Magnums lived in Big Bear for like a couple months. That 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 car lived everywhere. I liked that car. One time I took it from Vegas to Mammoth. Wow. Speaking of Little John, Little John tried to buy that car. No way. Just recently. Nah. Like, still got the Magnum? <laughs> <laughs> he blue booked it and was like, hey, this is what I'll give you. And I was like, to be honest, you're a friend. He was trying to buy it for his son. And I was like, to be honest, like this car hasn't been driven in so long that the insides have like started to rot out. So like the guy that ended up selling the car was the guy that I that I bought it from the dealership. But he basically put it on a on a on a on a like a like a conveyor belt uh-huh. and it went to a car auction and basically you buy it without being able to like test drive it or like look at it. It like was still a bunch of the parts were still great, but the engine had sat like I left it at his old agent's house in Reno or Kevin Casillo did. But it ended up living it it lived in Reno during a whole winter and didn't move. So it just ended up sitting a lot. So the insides like weren't really taken care of. So I couldn't I like Was it an SRTA? Uh it was. Bad dog, huh? Yeah, it was a bad dog. It was a bad dog. I didn't take care of it. My brother has a the the wagon one. What's the the Magnum? Right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, That's yeah, what it Magnum. Was. Yeah, he he doesn't have the SRT, but he loves that thing. He's yeah, big, it's big, so big hard wagon to see guy. out of that car though. Yeah, you were like it's like a hearse. Where, where am I going? Doesn't yeah. matter. I look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, what, what what one other thing I had was you talk about first like FT first try a lot. So when you're testing, like you're out in the backcountry testing, is it is, that, is it first try or does snowboarders call it fresh tracks? Um, first tracks or is it first tracks? I mean, first try is like when you just land something first try. Yeah, but first but tracks. Then first like, tracks is kind of like that coveted like you could like Rochambeau to see who hits the pow jump yeah. first. But you would call that would be the proverbial then, FT, right? Like I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah, fresh tracks, first tracks is yeah, kind of the big yeah. one because. Someone goes and leave a bomb hole, and then you land something right after him. That's like, what I've always. It doesn't really count was, as you'd, like you'd, fresh tracks. You'd be the fact checker here, so now we're we're marking it. It's first first tracks for FT. But my question was like, when you're testing something, are you like fully giving it a shot, or are you just like side slipping down it or whatever it is, just like well, you ever like, ghost ride the bike just to see where dude, it lies you're like all right i always said if i if i if i win it again and i'm standing at the top and i ha- and i'm and i'm leading after the first run i'm just ghost riding my bike off the top that would be so sick just richard nixon up there that would be like <laughs> but you uh you do a lot of speed runs and and i i don't have any sort of like I don't know, qualms about about doing too many speed runs. A lot of guys like want to just get it over with and not get in their own head. And I'm not one to get in my own head, so, but I, I feel like you can gain if you're not ready and it doesn't like click as far as how fast to go because everything's blind. You know, you're rolling off and you have to break early and then you don't want to skid up your takeoff that you've built and then have to rebuild it. So you're like everything you're guessing you know, far enough back to where you could slow down and watch your, have your homie watch and be like, Oh, I think that speed would be good if you, so it's a lot of, it takes time for sure. And then you, you could just go for it, but then you get dealt with, you know, yep. and, and you can get lucky for song, but especially that's part of the wisdom, I guess, is just taking your time with it and not being like, Oh shit, I got it this now. There's a bunch of people around. They don't think I'm, think I'm, I'm like not worthy if I don't just do it right away. Like I'd, I'll do a hundred speed runs if it makes me feel better about it. And then when you go for it, you're not stiff kitty in the air. You know, you're like, you're like, you know it. And then your subconscious knows it. And then it might give you a little subconscious break tap and help you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cam Zink, you're a lot of people sit in that chair and I'm going to go ahead and say that um, not all of them 
have uh, successively executed 110 foot backflip. <laughs> I think he's bike. the first world record. No, wait a second. We had a, a world record rail slide. Oh, yeah. On yeah, 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 yeah. But you yeah, are yeah. the Walsh. world. Yeah, yep. Wallace. Dude, that one was gnarly. I remember that was watching that. That was a battle. Yeah, that took yeah, him he days. He told the story. It was like days and days. And then he days. said, like, he said his family, his friends had all left after like day three. And he was like there with just like the film crew, like one last day. Could like, you imagine coming to the end of that and just, huh, huh. Dude, yeah. couldn't, couldn't imagine. Yeah, that one, he was, you could still tell. It was 100 was, plus feet long. Yeah, it was a football would, field. It was, was 300. You backflipped that far almost. And he was only like, you know, two and a half feet off but the ground. But you could still tell he was like psychologically still pretty fucked up from it. Yeah. Like that took a lot. It took a lot for him to get. That. Well, you can't just be like, "Nah, I'm okay. I'm done now." You're like, "No, you're not." Yeah, you know. Danny likes to finish with. Uh, we got this lightning round, so you got to be quick. Quick answers, or else. Uh, quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind. Um, scariest trick you've ever done. No footer. No footer. <laughs> when you're a kid. Um, what's your daily motivation? Smiles. Just bring mm-hmm. smiles to your face and just have a good time. Uh, I know this is a tough question because we're coming out of a big fire season in Tahoe, but what is the first thing you would try and save in a fire? My kids, my wife, family, you know, family. Yo, like, sorry to like, like chime in there, but geez, like I didn't realize that Sierra like didn't even open this year. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, opened for like three days or something. I didn't realize it was that bad, so. Yeah. They um, completely scorched. Yeah. Shout out to, I guess, all the firefighters. Everyone that dealt with that. And Sierra Tahoe. For, and Sierra, yeah. Sierra Tahoe. Tahoe. That's yeah. what I, yeah. Like, like, buy a pass there next year. Do some good for Tahoe, yeah. guys. Yeah. Man, the poor guys. Poor, poor everybody. Wow. What a sad story. Yeah. Uh, biggest mountain bike hero growing up? John Palmer. Dang. Kurt uh, Vorey's close second. Who's the best chef in mountain biking? My brother, probably. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> uh, favorite food back home? Pizza, pepperoni pizza. Always has been, always will be. That's me too. Sometimes I throw some pineapple or jalapenos in there. I run jalapeno and olive if I want to spice it up. Uh, and best young mountain bike talent right now? That one, I can't really do a lightning. I don't know. Um, They're not out there. You're the best. I'll say <laughs> Jackson Goldstone. The racer, but yeah, phenomenal. All right, Jackson, we got our eyes on you. Uh, how can we get a session at the Sandbox? Just call me up. Show yeah. up. Ooh. Show up. Love to you have you guys it. out. Hit him up. DM. S- speaking of which, my event's coming up. You guys feel like cruising up to Reno. What Cam- date? Cam's Inc. Invitational, 24th through 27th. Is that an invitation? It's This is my invitation to you. <laughs> and you we don't are, have to jump anything though, right? No. It's like, uh, think of... Thrasher, King of the Road, mixed with like Audi Nines or of or Darkfest or something like. Sick. So and scavenger, scavenger hunts and barefoot backflip and you know make out with an old lady and kind of stuff like that. You get points for making out. Sign it's Reno, of course up. you do, right? Wheeling through, wheeling through a casino, you know, biggest air. You know, we'll wait. The, we'll wait the bike and moto challenge. Like Josh Hill's coming for moto, Sick. and um, so it's a mix between bike and moto and the party. What is the oldest lady you've ever made out with? just add that one in huh <laughs> well it's on there man <laughs> my old lady okay my, 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 my wife my wife she's still younger than me you know but she's the, she's the oldest girl I've ever made out there you go good uh and that's all the questions i have for you you've What's slaughtered up? them 
Well, Cam, we appreciate you here at Monster Energy, and thank you for stopping in. Thanks for having me, boys, dude. This has been epic. Nice to meet you guys. Kind of the kind of dudes I feel like I've known for a while. Hey, we grew up together. We grew up on Fuel TV together. I'm still watching. Let's bring it back. (laughs) Bill and Ted. Cam's Cam's on the new show. Heard it here first. We got to start pitching this movie idea. Unleashed with the Dingo and Danny, fueled by Monster Energy.